from day 229, shaped by the word, season two, the drama of scripture. Uh, we've been reading, you know, the narrative passages through scripture that have taken us through the story of Israel. And of course, we discovered, you know, in the final confession of the nation of Israel that it's our story as well. And we have a God who's been deeply faithful to us, and we have been deeply unfaithful to him. Sometimes we simply become complacent and at rest, and we forget who he is, and we forget you know, the grace that has, has carried us, and we forget his deeds. And certainly we've turned to Isaiah, and, and Israel is doing this. They are you know, kind of at the pinnacle you know, of their wealth and of their prosperity as a nation, but in the pinnacle of their wealth and their prosperity, they're, they're still doing the religious thing, but their hearts are as far from God as it can possibly be. And so you'll see these rhythms you know, as we read in Isaiah of both you know, judgment and the invitation of the Lord and, and the vision of the hope that the Lord has set you know, before his people. So we continue our reading in Isaiah you know, chapter 2. And as we always do, we realize we come to Scripture as part of our story, uh, to be shaped by it, uh, to see ourselves and our reflection in a mirror, but more than that, to see the image and the beauty of God and the grace that he holds out for us. And so we never want to, as you know, James would say, come to Scripture like we look in the mirror and walk away unchanged. Uh, we want it to have its effect in our lives and to build deeply into us and to stir our affections and change our direction uh, you know, toward Christ. So before we, uh, before we begin, David, would you, would you pray toward that end? Yeah, absolutely. Father, we, we do desperately want to be a people shaped by your word. Um, we know there's so many things competing to shape us all around. Um, Father, forgive us for the times those things have begun to shape the way we think and our priorities and, and begin informing our, our deepest desires. We, we repent of that and simply ask that you would do a great work in us to help us to be a people of your word, that deeply love it, that long for it, that delight in it, um, that know its story and, and desire to, to live it out. Um, and then that we would live it out for, for your glory and our joy, knowing we are most satisfied in you. And so may we be your people. May you do a great work in us. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. We talked about you know chronology yesterday. You know, Isaiah you know takes us three hundred years before you know um, Israel returning you know to the, you know to the land. Uh, but as we begin in chapter two, he takes us to the very end of the story, and we begin to get a vision of what things will look like when God restores. All things, and even though you know, Ezra and Nehemiah had regathered the people in the land of Israel, they haven't seen the fulfillment of God's fullness, you know, on the nation and and for the nations. So that's where we begin in chapter two. And this is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of mountains; it will be exalted above the hills, and all the nations will stream to it. Many people will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of God of Jacob. He will teach us his way so that we may walk in his paths. So the law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between nations and will settle disputes from many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. You, Lord, have abandoned your people. 
the descendants of Jacob. They are full of superstitions from the east. They practice divination like the Philistines and embrace pagan customs. Their land is full of silver and gold. There is no end to their treasures. Their land is full of horses. There is no end to their chariots. Their land is full of idols and bow down to the work of their hands to what their fingers have made. So people will be brought low and everyone will be humbled. Do not forgive them. Go into the rocks, hide in the ground from the fearful presence of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty. The eyes of the arrogant will be humbled and human pride will be brought low. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day. The Lord Almighty has a day in store for all the proud and lofty, for all that is exalted, and they will be humbled. For all the cedars of Lebanon, tall and lofty, and all the oaks of Bashan, for all the towering mountains and all the high hills, for every lofty tower and every fortified wall, for every trading ship and every stately vessel, the arrogance of man will be brought low, and human pride will be humbled. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day, and the idols will totally disappear. People will flee to caves in the rocks and to holes in the ground from the fearful presence of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty when he rises to shake the earth. And that day people will throw away to the moles and the bats or idols of silver and idols of gold which they have made to worship. They will flee to caverns in the rocks and to overhanging crags from the fearful presence of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty when he rises to shake the earth. Stop trusting and mere humans who have but a breath in their nostrils. Why hold them in esteem? <clears throat> you almost get whiplash and how quickly he turns from the vision of, of God's beauty and restoration to something that must necessarily precede that vision, and, and that is God's judgment. Uh, we have a God who is you know, both you know, a, a, a just God and, and one who justifies sinners. So yesterday we saw his call you know, to come to be restored and to be cleansed. Uh, but for those who will not be restored and cleansed, there is a day of judgment coming. And you're going to feel this through the prophets. And even in the day of Jesus, people of Israel are clamoring for the day of the Lord because they want him to judge their enemies. And every one of the prophets are saying, look out. Because he's not going to simply judge the evil around you. He must uh, first judge the evil in you. And, uh, and that's where you hear the phrase that judgment begins with the house of the Lord. He'll purify his people uh, first before he you know, judges the nation. So you have this nice kind of, uh, this is the way, uh, this is the way uh, uh, Isaiah is going to take us. We're going to move from beautiful vision to stark realities of coming judgment. I love to, I mean, when you think about that coming judgment, not that I love to think about judgment, <laughs> but just the, the kind of the reversal that happens in the images that Isaiah does use is, mm-hmm. you know, he, he intentionally highlights this, this like lofty language, you know, that you get the cedars of Lebanon tall and lofty, the oaks, towering mountains. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's pretty much saying all the things that seem unshakable and, and unmovable will be brought low, you know, and, and then he compares that and he says, and that's the pride of, of you, you know, and God is going to, to this great reversal where... We're going to find, you know, those who are too proud, those who think they can't be brought low. Mm-hmm. It will be nothing to the Lord, and He will bring low. And and that's the, you know, kind of the refrain He mentions time and time again. You know, it's the people will be brought low, and everyone will be humbled. And and then you get, I mean, we get to the New Testament, and how often does it talk about, you know, humble ourselves um, under the hand of the of mighty God, or else we'll find ourselves humbled. No, and, and of course, that's exactly where Peter and Paul are coming from. You know, they're coming from the book of Isaiah, and, and you hear so much of it, you know, in, in the things that you know they, uh, you know that that you know that they challenge us to do, you know, as well. Uh, 
in that day, of course, there is the, the you know the refrain in that day, mm-hmm. the Lord alone will be exalted. Mm-hmm. And and we get full of ourselves and even in our even in our righteous acts, you know, we we talked about yesterday how they're doing all of these you know, incredible religious things. There must have been a, a lot of pride associated with that. We're offering really fat sacrifices, you know, we're really offering you new know, great gifts unto you know, the Lord. We're doing all of these new moon festivals and harvest and, and the Lord said, I can't even bear them. You're wearying me. And and uh, uh, in that day, only the Lord will be exalted. And so a lot of times, even our religious practice is something we do to exalt ourselves. And mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's really something that we, we, we offer to God as a substitute for loving him with all of our heart and loving neighbor, you know, as ourself. Mm-hmm. You know, in verse 6, it says, Lord, um, you, Lord, have abandoned your people. Of course, they abandoned him first and they um, made into their gods the superstitions the divinations the silver the gold the treasures the horses vast chariots <laughs> lands full of um, idols um, all of these things and so they've walked away from him and these are the things now that they have made their gods and they have worshiped no, and so I mean, it, definitely intends to yeah, bring them you have a, you know, if you have a prosperity gospel exactly you're gonna say the lord has, is really blessing us look at all of these mm-hmm. you know look at all the treasures and all the gold and we all the silver great. and all the horses and everything else that's the hand of the, the lord's blessing but in reality it, it's it's a curse mm-hmm. you know it is is something that's become bigger to them you know than than you know god you know god you know god himself mm-hmm. and and so you see uh uh, you know, just the opposite of a, a prosperity gospel. Our our prosperity is not in the things we possess, but in the God that we worship and mm-hmm. how faithful we are, you know, in worshiping Him. No, and that's just a a sobering thing that you know doesn't just apply here to the people of Israel, but to mm-hmm. us as well as we think about the things we deeply value the most. You know, the the horses and the chariots and the cars and the house. I mean, we have all these other things as well that. They're just works of human hands made by by fingers, mm-hmm. um, and we hold them in such high esteem. And you know, he even goes at the end. You know, stop stop trusting mere humans, but they just have a breath in their nostrils. Like like, who, who are these things? Who are these people that so often become such a big priority in our life? You know, why hold them in in such esteem? And obviously, point us to the one that we should hold in most high esteem, which is. God and our Savior and our Redeemer um, in Christ Jesus. So I, I, it's just always interesting to me how everything that's being said here is still still speaks so much to my experience and and my heart and where it goes and how I need to hold Christ in most high esteem, esteem mm-hmm. rather than these little silly creations. And now there, there, there's no doubt. The more we read the story of Israel, the more we realize we're looking at ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it, it is our story, uh, so easily distracted by you know the good gifts that you know the common graces, good gifts that God has given us, and we hoard those for ourselves. We don't have the compassion, you know, for you know for the poor. And uh, in the end, you know, you have to you know like the image. And of course, a lot of these are images you're going to hear from Jesus. You know, when we when he talks about you know the coming of the end. Mm-hmm. You know, running into caves and asking the rocks to fall on you and hiding and stuff. But in the end, these ornate, you know, precious idols are just kind of tossed to the moles and the bats, just mm-hmm. laying in the dirt as absolutely, you know, worthless. Mm-hmm. It's hard to miss, too, the kind of opening of the mountain of the Lord and this vision that 
you know, there's a day coming where mm-hmm. this will be fulfilled. And it was what Israel was supposed to be. You know, Israel was supposed to be a light to the nations and the people were, were, to, were to see the goodness no of God and the glory of God and, in the nation of Israel. And to his and holy flood. hill. Yeah, and there's where Israel has failed, you know, God will succeed. And, and of course, we see it in Christ. Mm-hmm. And and even now, you know, we're seeing the, the church, that the yeah. church in some ways also takes up this, this image that we're to be a light mm-hmm. to the nations. And his word goes forward, you know, from us and, you know, or through us and in us. And and so just seeing this, I mean, this was an important image in Isaiah and, and mm-hmm. in Micah. Micah picks this up in chapter four, almost mm-hmm. verbatim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, we were created, we you know, go all the way back to the creation mandate to be a reflection of his heart and character and to spread his glory. And, uh, and when people see the wisdom of his ways, you know, they're, 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 there's a natural attraction to that as in the early church. Uh, you know, when they uh, enjoy the favor of all the people and the Lord was adding, you know, to their numbers daily, those are being saved. And uh, they react to us maybe, you know, a lot because of a lot of the things we do is empty and they see our true values and as being in other places. So mm-hmm. all of Scripture is, is, is our story and the hope of Scripture we have. The mountain of the Lord, keep your eye on that, by the way. That's going to be a big theme in, in Isaiah, and mm-hmm. it's only going to get better and better and better uh, as we go through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Father, thank you for another week in your Word, your presence with us. Uh, we, we admit we're a bit unsettled because we see the extent of our idolatries and our unfaithfulness, but we're... Also deeply encouraged because we see your invitation to come, to be cleansed, to to be restored, to be renewed, uh, to come to the mountain of the Lord and rejoice in your presence. And and Father, may we we have our affections stirred, but more than just simply a moment for our affections to be stirred, may our lives be changed. Mm -hmm. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.